Hey loves, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. I'm your host, Unique. Today's guest is an artist by the name of Saint Bodie. Um, she signed a Def Jam record. She's from South Central LA. Um, Sis just dropped her debut EP, Mad World, which is super fire. Like, I'ma also hyperlink the um hyperlink it here so you guys can like, you know, click on that, go listen to that, because it's really good. And she also has a really powerful story that I can't wait for you guys to listen to because her story is the definition of why Black women are magical, powerful, um, resilient, and just, you know amazing like super amazing like what else can i say so i'm really excited for this conversation and for you guys to listen to it so without further ado here's today's episode hey (laughs) so uh first of all like i i read up on how you came with your name which is i think a really good story like part of it (laughs) hilarious and part of it's like really deep so i want you to tell our listeners like how you came up with the stage name saint Bodie. So, like, before, um, I want to say, like, a year before I got signed, actually sooner than that, I decided to quit doing music, and I went into, like, this really deep prayer and this really deep meditation, and um, along with that prayer meditation I was reading, of course, like, subtracting myself from social media and from human interaction, and I read this book about Buddha, who sat under this tree called the Bodhi tree, who found enlightenment after he gave up basically all his riches, and so I just know after I got out of that, that prayer, it was time to go God kind of spoke to me I went and got a phone call and they were like hey you know he comes to the studio later on I got signed and so I ended up changing my name to Bodhi Saint was because this dude I was in love with who was a Scorpio that I love so much I love Scorpios <laughs> and um he cheated on me and I found out he was married the whole time so I was the mistress and I had no idea so out of spite and a little bit of pettiness I named myself Saint and then Bodhi so he can always like remember me for the rest of his life so my little pettiness came out that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) no because I I don't think I would have ever thought to like if one of my exes in the valley be like you know what I'm gonna take your name just so I can make a pop in and you're gonna be mad for the rest of your life (laughs) it was so petty but it made so much sense and I was like Bodhi Bodhi is just not enough and I was like Saint his name was Saint something something I'm not gonna put his whole name out there because you know people will try to sue you so (laughs) yeah Oh my goodness, so how did you get over that? Like, that's a, that's heart-wrenching. Like, the guy you love, not only been lied this entire time, but he got a whole-ass wife. Like, how do you get past that? I'm still not over it because it was, like, the first time I was thinking about, like, marriage. It was the first time, like, as a, as a woman, such as a Black woman, that I went into, like, full submission. And, like, like the cooking, the cleaning, this is and that, you know what I mean? Like, the full submission. And it's, like, it still kind of bothers me sometimes because I'm just, like, damn, like, I really chose you to be the one in my mind. And you basically were, like, stabbing me in the back the whole time. So, that, I don't know. I'm still not over it. I'm not going to cap my I'm still not over it. <laughs> understand that because, like, I was in a whole situation that it sent my ass to therapy. <laughs> I was just, like... There has been therapy sessions. I'm not going to even cap. <laughs> I was like, never again, because I did not like that feeling. And I was just in there like, 
shit, this hurt different. <laughs> it hurt a whole different, different. Cause then he's like a wife. Cause you know, you're like trying to like, all right, we're going to be husband. Like we were, ta- we were looking at properties together. Like that's how, yeah, it wasn't just like a, okay, we smashing every now and then it was like, you know, we were like together. Like we were looking at properties. We were trying to move forward. We were even talking about marriage. And so I'm just like, wait. And it was like, you know, that little, like, that SpongeBob picture where everything starts walking around. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Sug, man. That's <laughs> our hot mess. Like, I don't I just don't understand. Like, I understand that. And I, I know there's a lot of women that go through that. Like, this guy dresses up as being this perfect guy. He has like a whole other situation happening. And I just I just don't understand. A whole wife <laughs> and kids. <laughs> um so before you stepped into like this being the singer uh you were you were writing before right you were songwriting for a lot of people yeah I was songwriting that was kind of like the gig like I I tried to do music like as an artist for a while and it just it wasn't really hitting and then um I just started like really focusing in on writing and then people started hearing my voice because it was kind of touching different areas of the industry and then they were like who's this girl we want to sign her and then I got signed so I was like oh I wasn't expecting that but here I am well that's a blessing like I think that's like that just shows how if you like make a certain pivot you're going to get to your end goal anyway facts big facts uh, but like I, I saw one of your videos like when you were younger you were telling people like you wanted to sing and they were just like you're not a singer and dude you sing before they said that or they just said it no it was like hey guys I have a song for you everyone get in the living room let me sing this song nah nah <laughs> like, and it was it kind of scarred me like my grandparents they were more so supportive of me but then like my actual parent parent was just like nah you ain't shit and I was like okay I guess bro <laughs> like, well yeah, I, he's kind of a dickhead yeah I, I will say like at least having some type of support does help a long way but like when like your person that you think is supposed to be your main support system doesn't support you it just it was like I don't know it just fucks everything like have you ever seen the movie Fences no I haven't seen it okay so girl seen it either but the story in Fences is like <laughs> you're funny I love you <laughs> the story in that is like the father wants to be like a, a baseball player and it didn't work out with him but like his son wanted to be a football player and his son like really had a shot at it and the father was just so jaded that like he just kept telling his son like he couldn't do it he wasn't gonna be it so like the son like eventually like gave him his dream and just like did like some regular ass shit and it just shows that like like mess up you know your child's dreams and visions because you haven't like worked things your own self and facts big facts (laughs) but I didn't really let that like don't get me wrong like it did hinder me but I feel like I don't know I always feel like I have this relationship with music where I didn't really choose it if that makes sense. Like, I've tried to disappear from music, like, several times. I've tried to move to different states. I've tried to get relationships that just kind of took me out of doing music in general and get a normal job. And then, like, all of a sudden, I meet someone, and then I'm at a recording studio, and then I'm here again, then I'm here again. And I'm just like, fuck, every time I try to run away from this shit, it doesn't stop. And then, so it's like, no matter what my parent told me, it's like, it was like, I, I didn't, this shit just came, like, I didn't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> 
it's yeah, almost like, like music was like you're mine you're my bitch like i'm like okay i'm yours <laughs> it was your purpose like it was your god-given purpose and like you can't run away from purpose facts, big facts. um so you just dropped your debut album uh mad world so talk about that that record well that album is literally like it's a lot of anxiety um that whole album is anxiety to me i should have named the record the whole album anxiety um it was about this like i was in a really weird period at the time and i didn't really know where i was and then i I was explaining a lot of like my childhood memories to everyone and so i named it mad world because during it was so much pressure there was so much deceit there was so much darkness around me um with this particular album and like we still got this body of work done even though i was like mentally going through so much trauma and so like it, it I, I named it Mad World because it was literally mad. Like I was going mad trying to create this album. Like it was pretty crazy, but it was very therapeutic. Like I don't know. I feel like I started touching things in myself that I'm like, all right, cool. I said the things that people don't want to say, but I said it for them. You know what I mean? I was gonna say like, was it dark because you had to like revisit a lot of past shamas that you like never really addressed before? that and just like the like the way the album there's a lot that goes into albums you know what i mean working with different people and people shadowing you and x y and z so it was that on top of me kind of diving into that childhood again where you kind of like don't worry about it i'm strong i got this i don't want to deal with it anymore and like you end up going back because there's no more content left all you have is yourself to really expose and to do good music with in the night time zombie chill on 25 all the married please chill get me up to speak talk about that song because that's like a very dark and at the same time it's a beautiful song but it's, it's really dark <laughs> i'm mo- i'm such a moody i'm a pisces what's your sign I'm a cancer, so girl, I got the moves for you. Oh, we're so moody. Okay, cool. We can be moody together. <laughs> no, Flower and Child is literally like the eyes of, I want to say, about a 13 to 15-year-old girl. That with Flower, Flower Child is the eyes of a 13 to 15-year-old girl. And it was literally about me, like, going through living in South Central, you know, abusive parent, and, like, also the things that I've seen my other friends going through. And, like, how, like, you really don't, you don't know if you're gonna die because you're in that particular type of energy. But like, it, that's why I said I'm in an all black Cadillac. Hope I don't die tonight. Hope I walk. I, I better watch my back because it's like it's reality. Like that was my reality at that time. I, I was gonna ask about that. Like growing up in South Central, uh, just like from some of the stories you would tell, there was like a lot of trauma surrounding around that. Like, how did that environment shape you and your outlook on the world? It makes you like intensively strong, but it also makes you extensively paranoid and slightly PTSD. (laughs) Because you'd be like, what what you mean? So why you want to do this with me? Who are you and why do you want me? (laughs) It kind of does that to you, but um, there's a lot of beauty in LA. Like it's, LA is gentrifying now. You know what I mean? I'm older. I'm an older woman. I'm 28 now. So that's when I was younger. So it's not the same as it used to be. But um, I did, I did, I mean, I dealt with my drama. That's what it was. I'm I'm from the hood. I'm from like 95th in Vermont. So it wasn't like, I was from like Inglewood or like Hawthorne or something. (laughs) No, because like what, uh, I used to watch a show called on the block. I'm from the West, I'm from the East Coast. So like the West Coast is like completely different. And I was just watching like how like some of the same trauma you talk about is like addressing this in the show. And like these kids are like 
13, 14 years old. And like, it got to the point where you could see like, they got just, you know, like everything, nothing affected them anymore. Like they were like, is it like desensitized by everything that surrounded yep. them age? So I'm just like, how do you, how do you cope with that and address that? Because there's so much happening that you shouldn't be seeing at such a young age, which you are. It's so like now you're like, you're becoming desensitized to like all this bad shit around you. Like, how do you address that as an adult? You don't, you don't really cope with it until you get older. Like when you're younger, you're like, there's no fear. Oh, he gave me a gun. I'm going to shoot it. Oh, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. You don't process it when you're a kid because like that's your reality, but you don't, you don't deal with the trauma of it until you get older and you have to like deal with going to college and deal with going into the real world and you realize, oh, I can't just beat this person up to get what I want. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, and then, oh, I didn't know that I had issues. Like you start realizing like, I don't explain it. I haven't started dealing with my trauma until like the last three years. Like mm -hmm. I didn't know I was dealing with trauma. I thought it was normal because like, that's where I'm from. So when you were 13, you moved in with your grandparents, right? I was 13. I moved to my grandparents and then I stayed with them till I was about 14 and a half. And then I moved. They actually kicked me out. They kicked me out because I was super bad. Uh, <laughs> I was just too much. To I, they, they, they adopted me. I was from the streets. So like my grandparents are like the sweetest people. They, the picket, the, the, they basically have like the white picket fence. And I was on some, they put me in a Christian school and I was beating up people. And, you know, I just wasn't wrapped too tight because, you know, it, I was what I, I didn't have any trust. And so um, I ended up going back to South Central and living on the streets for a long time. And then I ended up coming back home. Okay. So it was pretty, it was crazy, dude. Like I was, it was a lot. <laughs> I imagine like that was, that for that to have been like a culture shock for you. Like. I went to gymnastics class and then like they put me in piano class and they put me in like college prep Christian school. I was the only black girl in school. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I think this is weird. <laughs> So, um, y'all niggas is doing Xanax. Like, what y'all doing this for? What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> but, like, eventually, like, when you did come back, they're the ones that, like, helped send you to school and all that, right? Like, to music school. Yeah, no. So, it started to register. Okay. It took a long time to register, and then eventually it started to register, and that's when, like, I made a total... Three, I had a couple of life events that shook me up really badly. And, um, and that's when it, it was weird because I didn't realize that I was soaking up all this knowledge from my grandparents subconsciously until now, now that I'm, I'm a better businesswoman because of my grandparents. Like, you know, even though I was like, I still like operate the way they operate. You know what I mean? So you became a mom at 17. I uh, did. <laughs> How was that like, like being such a young mom? I was I so freaked out. <laughs> but like navigating that and like creating such a safe environment for your son, like what, how, what was that like for you? Because you were a child yourself. Well, my grandparents co-parented with me throughout the whole time, throughout the way. Um, so like that's what so I told you I had a life experience that basically just shook me up it was one of my it was my son and so um I basically sat down and like I had like this near-death experience right after and then like seeing my baby and I was just like all right I gotta fix my shit because like now I'm just taking it out on everyone you know what I mean and so I ended up going to college and like balancing out my son and me and like my grandparents and then I went to school for music and kept moving forward so he kind of saved my life in a weird way 
Yeah, kids, kids do that. I, I, yeah. <laughs> my mom had me up young she had me well I won't say super young young is she had me at 20 so while she was like in her first year of college like first year out of high school first year in college I was born when she was 20 anyway whatever so I, I know like what that process looks like to like be a child yourself and then bring another child in the world and like try to navigate all that it's a it's a lot <laughs> but it's doable <laughs> it's like, whoo. Like, I was freaked out I was like oh my god you're a child you're a baby you cry and poop oh my god funniest story I'm not gonna even cap. I could not wipe his butt for like two months. Were you like scared? I kept throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like when my little brother was born, and like I'm like, okay, I had to be like nine years. I was like eight or nine. I was like, I want to change his diaper. And I think the first time he like shit it everywhere, and I opened up like. <laughs> I was like, Grandma, please help. <laughs> but you got past it. We got past it. <laughs> Woo, baby shit is a different type of shit. <laughs> Yo. It is. It's like everything. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, I feel so bad. I was like, ooh, I know that he's so cute. <laughs> oh my god. And the hills in the big That record was I just got my, my Sony publishing deal. Mm -hmm. Um, this way before I got my, my Def Jam label deal. And I was so broke. Like <laughs> I was so broke. And so like like my manager at the time was like letting me sleep in like her studio like in in downtown LA like on her blow like her little couch cushion thingy and um I had just got my check and I, I got my brand new apartment and then I wrote this record called blessed because I was dealing with boys obviously and then like it just I was just feeling good I was like dude like I got money like I ain't broke no more y'all can't tell me nothing <laughs> so that's that's how blessed came I, I finally got paid so I was excited about that Oh, so okay. What was that like? Like, cause I I always wonder when you when you're used to not having like a lot of money, and then like all this money, like so much more money than you ever seen in your life, just falls into your lap. How do you navigate not spending all of that, um, investing that, <laughs> and making sure you still have some down the road? Because you just never know about that rainy day. Like I know that's a hard question, cause girl, I mean. I mean, look, I have made some good decisions and some bad decisions. <laughs> um, my 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 grandfather works in baking, so it's just like he kind of gets in my ass about it. But girl, I was buying shit I did not need. Like I got a pair of Balenciagas that I'm looking at right now. Like I wore these shoes two times. Why did I spend two thousand dollars on this? Like you just kind of go a little crazy. Like you kind of feel like you deserve it, but then like you realize eventually, like all right, let me slip, let me chill, let me chill, let me chill, like. It ain't even worth it, you know what I mean? So, like, was there, like, one thing you probably bought early because you were so hyped that you kind of regret buying now? Just, like, I, I didn't even My need My jewelry. Jewelry? My jewelry. I had bought a lot of jewelry. I mean, I don't have any on right now, but I bought, like, three grills and, like, 
some thick ass chains no diamonds i'm not really a big diamond girl but i'm a gold girl and i bought these chains and i'm like now i'm going through this like weird transition where like i want to move to like a small cottage and spend as less money as possible and be humble and i'm like damn i wish i would have thought like that before i got money <laughs> I, honestly I, I feel like a lot of people go through that like some people like they'll have the that flashy moment and like you know like they'll probably want to stay flashy forever and then some people are just like nah I want to live on a farm. <laughs> I want to live on a dead ass. I want to live on a farm and like grow my own crops and like have like plants and like be normal and have a cozy. I, I hate these modern day homes. It's like there's this one couch and everything is gray and then there's stainless steel and there's nothing and there's one painting. I'm like, no, I want some plants and too many books and I want a rug that looks like it's from the 80s. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want that coziness instead of this shit that everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Well, what 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 got you to that point to being over it? I, you know what is weirdest? I think it's the person I'm dating. Um, <laughs> I'm dating this dude right now, and like he's really like really earthy, and he's kind of like the person that like I see the 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 girl that I kind of see in myself because he's from South Central too. And for some reason, I had took I had stripped myself from my background after I made the album, and I forgot where I came from. And so I decided to realize, like, nah, you you got a you just a nappy head girl from South Central who loves art, and like now I just like I put my own paintings up in my house now, and I'm just like that's what it is. Like this is art, not this flashy fucking five hundred thousand dollar picture that done by somebody named Enrique. Like, <laughs> like... no, because um, I I will say like the the media paints this image of like what black media looks like and like uh who the people are and i think i was watching like this interview with buddy and he was just talking about like how like he doesn't fit the stereotype of the people in what what mainstream media thinks the people of his community is like so like how did you ever feel like you had to fall into that stereotype of the people around you so you lost your identity that's literally what happened like i felt like i had to keep up like oh is that some red bottoms let me get some red bottoms now like i literally just bought a um a tv stand from goodwill that was like 40 bucks that is super organic and so popping that like i don't think i could have found that find anywhere else you know what i mean like i don't really care about being like a part of the mainstream i don't want a fucking birkin bag i don't want my titties done i just kind of want to be beautiful and chocolate <laughs> and like artsy <laughs> like, like i don't know i think it makes sense i hope it makes sense <laughs> No, oh, that does. Um, like, I have, like, the oldest-looking pants around. Like, I'm just chilling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm chilling, man. Like, No, because um, I, and that brings me to, like, uh, another one of your lyrics. I can't remember what song it was in, but you were just talking about, like, how growing up, like, you were always told you should have been born a boy. And, like, when you were younger, you couldn't dress like a girl. Like, you had to, like, act like a boy. Like, why was that? And, like, how did that affect like your identity of who you are? I mean, I personally think that my care provider at the time, we won't speak his name. He, we'll call him Voldemort. We'll call him Lord Voldemort. Um, hey. he, I think he wanted me to be a boy. And so he would bring me on a construction site. And like for Halloween, he would dress me up in tools like a boy. My and mom. like he just yeah like fucking yeah like I was a dude like it was like every Halloween there was one Halloween I got to be Aaliyah that was one Halloween I was so excited about that but 
majority I was little I was a little nigga he made me a little nigga like I was I had a hot wheel scooter I was fighting I was wrestling dogs like he raised me to be a dude for the longest and now I'm just now finding my femininity as a woman which was like okay thanks like well what has that battle been like like understanding your femininity I cannot say that word (laughs) femininity (laughs) I I don't even think I'm saying it right femininity I don't know Um, it's weird because it's like I'm always used to like like I throw hands with somebody real quick, but like um it's weird because like I have like this super squishy part of me, but it doesn't always come out with like relationships. Like it kind of it more so didn't damage my relationships with people around me. It damaged like my love life because it's like I will like I remember I had a relationship and we bought all this stuff we were living together and I just started putting all the things together on my shelves and he felt super offended and I was like what's going on we're doing this shit and he was like dude you're a woman like chill out and I'm like I know that but like I can still do this by myself and like I guess I never it it got me to the point where I wasn't really giving like the guy the chance to be like the guy I guess you mean like but like I build all my own shit I know how to fucking put towel down I know how to fucking redo your carpet like my like my my folks were like construction workers I grew up on a construction site <laughs> like I could probably build a house <laughs> I don't yeah I, I wouldn't feel offended I don't know I don't know why guys feel offended by some of that stuff like there's literally some guys that um one of my friends was telling me the story uh she was dating this guy that did not know how to change like not even a tire on a car right but her Ooh. Her dad owns um, <laughs> an automobile shop. So, like, they were driving one day, and I think they caught, like, a flat tire. So, he didn't know how to do it. So, she called her dad, and her dad was just like, is your boyfriend with you? She, he's like, yeah. He can't turn the tire? She's like, no. And he just hung the phone up, like, figure it out. <laughs> no. So, she had to tell this guy to, like, yo, you got to leave so that she could call her brother. Her brother could come do it. And, like, after that, she's like, I had to break out with him because, like. No. Cause like no, but like not because he couldn't change the tire, but like she was never hear the end of it from her father and her brother about him not being a change. Mm-hmm. I know. So it's like he will. <laughs> like yeah, like it's it's such a it's such a thin line because like some some guys can feel emasculated and then some guys just don't know how to do that shit. Period. So it's just like where's like the fine line? Some guys don't give a fuck. Some guys will watch you sit there and put a whole desk up and be like. I was just dealing with a weird contractual breakup with some people and the way it kind of went about really broke my heart but I had to kind of like play it strong and um pray is just literally about me being stabbed in the back and um realizing that like shit ain't always what it seemed and um uh, it was me breaking free, and so I, I had to pray about it because I like a part of me wanted to like, motherfuck this person up, and then the other part of me was like, all right, God, I give it to you, handle it, you know. So that's that's what prayer is about. Me just kind of letting it go. Because I I will say like no matter what business you go into, um, it can be some relationships are great, some relationships can like go south real quickly, and like. Those are heartbreaks, like, too. Like, friendship breakups are heartbreaks. Relationship breakups are heartbreaks. And then business breakups are heartbreaks. So, like, how did how did you grow from that? 
Um, I grow from it every day, day by day. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even be noticing when I grow from it. I only notice I'm growing from it when I have another trial that's similar and then I just don't do the same thing I did before. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even be noticing until I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't go crazy this time. All right, cool. I grew. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So I definitely saw that for this album you partnered and I, I actually went to go try mine out you partnered with sanctuary world to do horoscopes and yes, I, I did horoscopes. <laughs> so what made you want to like do a partnership for horoscopes for this it was actually my manager's idea because i'm like the weird girl who comes in the studio and i'm like what's your sign God. what's your moon side what's your natal chart <laughs> Like, I want to know everything, like, and I'm like, all right, all right, I guess you're cool. Like, so I'm just, I just always ask about it, and I'm, like, really into planets. I, like, dream about, like, the moon and the sun and all these planetary things that are really creepy and vivid at the same time. So it kind of felt, it, it, it matched into my witchiness. I'm pretty witchy, so. No, that's perfect, because, like, I think for the longest, uh, I just went by uh, my sun sign. I didn't know that I had, like, a moon and rising sign. I, like, recently learned what those were, and I'm just trying to figure out, like... What's your moon? My moon is a Libra. My rising's a Virgo. My moon's a Libra. My sun's a Cancer. That's not bad stuff. That's good stuff. It's a lot of balance, a lot of detail. You're detail-oriented, but you're still emotional at the same time. So you can be very business. You can be very caring and loving. You're a, you're a social butterfly, but you also can be a tad bit emotional, but you balance it out with your Virgo. Oh, see, that's, that came to it. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of my friends, she's all fucked up. She's a Aquarius son. Uh, and a cancer rising and cancer moon. Oh, God, poor baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. How's her love life? I don't even want to know. <laughs> like, first of all, I, I, for, for some reason, like, the guys I dated in the past, like, at least the past two, they've always, they've all been Aquarius. And I'm just like, we don't mesh well. So I'm just like, girl, how are you surviving? <laughs> yeah, because she's like polar opposite of her own self. Yes shit uh, i think she needs like a squirp she might need a scorpio or she might need a virgo honestly a virgo might do well with her her moon sign is an aquarius she could do well with a um actually she can do well with a scorpio moon oh god i don't let her know <laughs> yeah or just a scorpio in general she can do well with a scorpio because they'll kind of see all the crazy and they'll just be like ha whatever i've seen the shit before fuck you you ain't showing me nothing like scorpios are really good with like oh you crazy all right let me see <laughs> like, right here. like they can match crazy <laughs> they, i think she'll make sense i'm telling you because yeah tell her to go tell her to salt after the scorpio i will definitely do that hello lucy you need a gun the first time I ever heard like that phrase Lucy and the uh, referring to Vices like was in a, a Kendrick, an old Kendrick song. So like, why do y'all call Vices Lucy? I've always wanted to know that. Lucifer. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the devil. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, no, Lucy is Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I said Lucy because I'm a big Kendrick fan. Hopefully that never offended him. 
I love you, Kendrick Lamar. There's nothing like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got that. I definitely bit that off of Kendrick. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that song. <laughs> um, I was broke. This is before, prior to meditation. Um, I was just really broke, and um, there was this white girl that I was rocking with who was, like, super sketchy. Like, she was, like, had a buku bank, lived in Woodland Hills. Uh, I had never been in an apartment like this before. Everything was amazing. But, like, she, like, had a super drug addiction, and, like, she was, like, a credit card scammer. And so, you know, after just being around her every now and then, her catching my vibe because I'm nurturing or whatever, you know, she tried to introduce the life to me. And, like, I had to really make a choice. Like, am I going to do this so I can have your lifestyle? Or am I going to say no? It turned out, no, we didn't do it. But, I mean, I almost beat her up. But we didn't do it, and I made the song off of it. No, I, okay, so I legit only thought, like, that credit card scheme, scamming um, lifestyle was a New York thing that I uh, they out here Chicago <laughs> Detroit South Central Pasadena New York <laughs> like, like I, I legit thought like that scary thing was like a Brooklyn New York type of thing like I just thought that's what like I thought they like upgraded from drug dealing in the streets and took it to like we must about to be out here scamming people and mm-hmm. I did not like I, I didn't realize that I mean, I, I knew there were, like, different levels of, sca- of scamming, because, like, I remember when I first went to college, some of my friends went to Atlanta, and, like, when we came back, because I'm originally from D.C., uh, when we went, we came back home for the summer, they were telling me about, like, this bank, bank scam that, like, some of their classmates would do, like, like, basically entire bank fraud, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I thought, like, they out here had, like, their own type of thing. So, man, these little motherfuckers sound like they, have you ever seen Dr. Robot or Mr. Robot? No, I haven't seen that, but I heard it's really good. It's good. They, somebody, I'm like, you can't read a fucking book, but you know how to break into Bank of America. <laughs> like, that's how detailed some of this shit is. And I'm like, this is the smartest shit I've ever heard in my life, but you can't read. Like... <laughs> You know what it is? It's like they just don't want to apply. They don't want to apply their stuff to stuff to something they feel like, well, is it going to make me money right now? Because if it ain't, then fuck no. <laughs> I don't need to know the information. Is it, does it make money? No. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Why don't you just go become like an accountant or something? <sighs> I mean, obviously, you don't want to break into people's shit. Like, some of these kids is doing stuff where, like, don't give your cell phone to everybody like that. It's like it's stuff like that where I'm like, damn, I can't give you my cell phone number because you could like reverse number check my shit, find out my parent. Like it's like it's pretty intense where I'm like, especially 2020 with the scammers out. I'm just very cautious. I'm like, you can have my fake number. Like you can DM me. Like <laughs> no, you, you gotta be careful. And they and the pretty ones be doing it too. It's the pretty ones, the oh. sexy ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, first of all that's also why like when unknown numbers be calling me i don't be answering them i'm like hell no like you might be trying to scare you off this phone call i think my mom called me recently she's like i called you and i was like no you didn't she's like i called you off another number i was like i don't answer numbers i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like if she she was like you're tripping i was like no mom people be scamming off phone calls i'm not not answering that call like if it's important leave me like a voicemail and i check it text me <laughs> like something like i'm not playing these games man i swear i'll I be looking at everybody's side i'll be like what do you want <laughs> like you too pretty i don't buy it <laughs> like, 
that reminds me of that uh, pyramid scheme that so many people fell into on social media. There was like, you give me a hundred dollars and you get two people to get a hundred dollars. And then like, we're going to get to the middle and then someone's going to get it. And I'm just like, y'all really doing this stuff? They really doing a cash app, Venmo. <laughs> like, I'm not doing it. I, I stay away from it. Like I don't, anyone be like, Oh, let me, um, one of the homies from, from, um, he, he a little Dominican. Oh, he's so fine. He's, oh, he's so fine. But he from, um, he from Detroit. No, he from uh, Brooklyn. And, um, he was like, yo, let me, uh, let me get some money sent to your, your cash app. And I was like, nah, <laughs> he was like, no, nah, it's not like that. I said, nah. <laughs> I ain't even about to play these games. You sexy and all, but I ain't doing these games with you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't want nothing about it. I don't want no part of it. <laughs> like, <That's> so... <laughs> nope. I ain't doing no favors. You ain't getting me caught up. You're an entertainer, but your ass in debt. Zombie is not particularly about me, but it's about um, one person in particular. I'm not going to put her name out there, but she was a part of my childhood. Um, she knows who she is. And um, I seen her, we grew up in the same household and I seen her have to prostitute and her mom just obsessed with, with other things outside of taking care of her. And it was just really sad and um, how her life is so changed right now. And uh, Zombie was basically a song about her because like it was, she's a beautiful girl, but she kind of was just abused really badly to the point where like, she's still kind of not out of it. So basically about child prostitution. It's about child prostitution. Not like some of like some of the stories like uh in the songs that you tell and like even like one of your interviews when like you were talking about like how you were outside and like one of your friends you were little and one of your friends got shot. And like how did like I know we talked about like but did you guys feel like that was normal when y'all were little? Like for all that stuff to be happening. So like you how, don't realize it's not normal till you get older. How how do you think? Because uh, I remember you said like some people didn't ever es- escape that environment. So like, what m- made you uh, outside of your son? What other factors made you like fortunate to you know escape that downward spiral environment? I I'll tell you the particular day when I changed my life. <clears throat> it was I used to do raves. So I used to buy all these drugs called Ecstasy and Molly, which everybody knows Ecstasy and Molly. And um, I was a smart drug dealer. Smart, smart drug dealer. And so I would sell Ecstasy and Molly to, like, all the, like, little bougie-ass white kids and shit. And, like, um, we were at this rave, and my grandmother called me. She's like, I got a bad feeling about today. And I'm like, I'm so forcing it. I'm, like, about to make a couple grand. I'm with my homegirls. I'm with my homies. So we do the rave. I make all my money. Um, we're about to leave. This Latin gang pulls up, almost hits my friend with the car. My friend's being belligerent, cusses them out. The guys actually get out the car and say, I'm sorry. My friends wanted to fight. My friends fight in the middle of the street, hop in my car, we drive off. Homeboys all like, yo, my backpack. I, I forgot at the rave. We turn back around, pick up the backpack, all my friends get shot. Um, I'm stuck in a car. That was the first time I ever got shot at and I was in, stuck. I usually, when I got shot at, I was able to run away. And yeah. so um, you're outside, you know what I mean? This time I was in a car. And so something about that kind of changed me. Like, I don't know why that particular moment, I don't know if it's because it was all the weird supernatural shit going on or people like, I got a bad feeling. Like we all had bad feelings for some reason, but some reason that particular moment made me process. And that was like right after I had my kid. And that's when I was like, all right, it's time to change my, my thinking process. And like, 
I didn't realize how messed up I was in no fear. Like I was so crazy that if you said something wrong to me, I was ready. Like, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like that was my mind frame. Then as I got older, I just started softening up. I don't explain it. Like, I'm like, Hey guys, you want to meditate? I got some crystals. <laughs> like, like, something just switched after that moment. And now I'm processing what seemed normal is what's very scary to me. Like, like it, it, it scares me to go outside and have to go to a liquor store or something like that. And a whole bunch of guys like, where are you from? Like before I was like, nigga, I'm from so-and-so, you know what I mean? I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Something just like, I don't know if that made sense. Does that make sense? Like the older you get, okay. the, the morality sets in, like the more your mortality, I mean, your mortality sets in, so, like all the stuff you used to be like fearless about and reckless stuff you used to do, the older you get, you're just like, nah, that could actually like kill me. Like, I gotta chill. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here. <laughs> I'm about to live yellow, like yellow, and it's just like no, I bet when you get older, it's just like, no, like, literally, I like my life. Shit ain't cool. Something ain't, it ain't cool. <laughs> like, I'd be worried. I'd be like, uh-uh, I had a bad feeling about today. I'm gonna keep my ass in the house. <laughs> like, like, that's how, I'm like an old, wise lady. I'd be like, um, baby, I had a dream. <laughs> so, what do you want your legacy to be? Honesty. I want people to know that no matter where you start off, it depends on where you are now and where you end. Just be honest with yourself and listen to the intuition, please, especially for women. Look, I, I love my men, but I, I'm here to serve women. And as far as getting them through their trials and tribulations, listen to the intuition, whether it be a red flag with a man, whether it be a red flag with a job uh, position, whether it be in a position where you just don't feel fucking comfortable. If your house feels haunted, leave the house. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I just can't stress it enough of like, just listen, listen to yourself. And that's like what I want women to like know more about themselves and to be vocal. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like this. Please do not do this to me. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Tell your story. This happened and I don't feel comfortable. Like that's my mission in life is to let people just be honest. Like, oh, I love that because I, I will say like as black women, like, hold so much stuff in and like we're not vocal about stuff that happens to us like we just like let it slide because like in the same breath like we're trying to protect people and it's just like no that's that's not okay because like who's protecting you in the process no one's protecting you and it sucks because like i see so many women who like oh my god i was with that guy and he was famous and he beat me but i can't say nothing because he's famous you know what i mean talk your shit like literally, like if you, it's scary. And I want women to know that it is scary. And a lot of times it's only gonna be you and your word and a hundred people against you. But talk your shit and know your truth and know your worth. Do not be set down and do not be pushed down by people if you know your truth. I love that. That's, that's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're gonna wrap up with our Dear Black Girl open letter. Oh, I love this part. Dear Black Girl, love yourself. Stay true to yourself. Do not let them drag you down. You are worth everything that you believe you are worth and more. Sign St. Bodie. 